Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of First and 16 on the League Year 10 pod brought to you by the Barker Media. I'm your host, Chris Ferreira, and we have another awesome episode in store for you guys today. I am going solo again because this weekend was too harsh on my co-hosts and other guests. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, it was Brandon's bachelor party this weekend, and if you can't tell, I'm sounding very uh hoarse and nasally because we had a good weekend and those guys just couldn't hang so i'm going solo this weekend again and uh gonna give you guys the information in the pod we are a quarter of the way through this season officially we are recapping week four this week i'm gonna give you guys some league news some highlights and then i've created some quarter of the season awards and fantasy teams that i'm going to delve out along with our regular awards that should be kind of exciting. Uh, these categories will include uh, quarter of the season all pro fantasy teams, the all waiver wire fantasy team, and the all letdown fantasy team so far through this season. So those will be interesting as we get through, along with a preview of week five. So we'll just dive in and get to this, right? I'm going solo again. All right, let's start off with some league news. Man, this last... I'd say about like Thursday or Friday, really started getting uh, hairy with the idea that the NFL season could potentially be uh, shut down. I think it's the closest we've been to a COVID shutdown. Started um, last week when we got the Cam Newton news testing positive. Kansas City Chiefs got a positive test. And oh, the Tennessee Titans continue to get positive tests. Um, forced the Patriot Chief game to Monday Night Football. We were blessed with two Monday Night Football games, although it was weird because it wasn't really on prime time and they were both going at the same time. So it was kind of strange. And uh, and then the Titans game, as we all know, the Titans and Steelers game got postponed. So that was officially their bye week. Um, the Titans are the big culprit in this. They're the ones who seem to be putting this entire season at risk. In fact, they are supposed to play the Buffalo Bills this week. And that game is now in limbo because the Titans continue to show positive tests. I don't know what the hell is going on in Nashville and Tennessee. Um, apparently, rumors are that 20-plus players were caught at a get-together, a party and everything. Um, it's just not smart. Again, this is we don't have a bubble in football like we do with basketball. And now with the baseball playoffs, these players just got to be smart. It's way bigger rosters, way bigger medical staffs. They can't do a bubble. Um, and the Titans, man, they're just putting everything at jeopardy. I was reading a report that's saying the Titans could be forced technically to forfeit this game against Buffalo um, if because they continue to put multiple teams at risk. But the problem with that, under the new COVID rules of the CBA, none of the Bills players, along with none of the Titans players, would get paid for this week's games because the NFL wanted to protect themselves. And the players agreed to this, that knowing that COVID was going to be an issue, that if games get lost, players lose that salary for that game. So the Bills could still play this game, and they just have to be, you know, taking the risk of playing this game. Um, it's It kind of sucks. But uh, it's the world we live in right now where if you want to play play the game, you got to put yourself at risk. But, I mean, unnecessary risk for the Bills. The stupid Titans continue to show positives. They haven't been in their facility for a week and a half. And 
God, we'll see what it looks like out there. I feel bad for you guys if you have Titan players on your fantasy team. Thank God I don't. <laughs> but for the rest of you, I know that this sucks. And especially if you have Bills players too, because now it's affecting them. Already affected the Steelers last week. These continued positive tests are now making the NFL kind of rack their ideas on contingency plans in case the NFL season uh, gets put in jeopardy like this if multiple teams keep testing positive. First of all, I don't understand why they didn't institute just a longer season and put built-in bye weeks throughout. They're so adamant about that, you know, that schedule and getting everyone. But the schedule only matters if you're going to have fans in the stands. We don't have fans in the stands, or at least I'd say like 75% of the stadiums don't have fans in their stands. I know some of these states are still packing fans in their stands and they wanted to get that schedule out to them. But I think the most important thing is the game on the field. Who cares about the fans in the stands? Right now we're in the COVID era. Just get the games played. Um, but one contingency plan, I believe several coaches got together and said that they should shut the season down and try to salvage a like 12 game season. It was being discussed by multiple head coaches where they would just stop practicing right now, take the next couple of weeks to get everything together, maybe go into a, a hotel situation bubble where they get everybody in hotels and play like a 12 game modified season. That didn't really get a lot of traction, but it was getting out there and leaking out there. And that's a potential if teams continued to test positive and put the season in jeopardy. So uh, it's, crazy i know the tennessee titans right now some of the rev the revised covid protocols uh the titans could be potentially facing not only forfeitures of games if they continue to test positive but loss of draft picks for teams the nfl added this addendum in because teams kept showing positives and they're not taking this as serious and they're uh you have people who are putting people at jeopardy so you could see potential teams like tennessee and others that continue to show positives that not only have to forfeit games, but they lose draft picks and are getting penalized for this. So players got to be smart. I know it sucks, but you're not even in a bubble. You're not like these NBA guys that have been locked away for three plus months away from your family. You can still see your family. Uh, you just got to be smart about it and keep uh, keep coming out there every Sunday to play. I know that's a lot of us to ask for you, but you guys are making the big bucks, right? You can sacrifice a little bit of your social lives to make that money. Generational wealth. Um, okay, enough of COVID. Let's talk about actually what happened on the field. First off, the big news, man, my big bet this uh, offseason was that Adam Gase was going to be the first coach fired that got blown up because the Jets don't want to fire him and uh, Bill O'Brien gets canned first. So damn it. Although I feel like Bill O'Brien was a very popular choice to get fired. Fired after his own four star. This is the first year that Bill O'Brien was not only the head coach, but he was the GM. This year, he got appointed that this offseason. And apparently, J.J. Watt and him got into a huge fight last week leading up to their game against the Vikings. Supposedly, the rumor was that after that practice, O'Brien completely lost the locker room. Uh, knowing J.J. Watt, fiery guy, probably sick of losing. And uh, O'Brien apparently lost the team in that dispute on the field. So O'Brien is out. Romeo Crennel is now the interim head coach for Tennessee. Uh, we shall see what this means for Deshaun Watson and the rest of those Tennessee weapons. Uh, again, just because O'Brien's out, he wasn't calling the plays their offensive coordinator was. So we'll see how their offense looks. But Bill O'Brien officially fired. I know a lot of people are saying it was, uh, it was a long time coming that he was. 
I'm shocked, though, that Adam Gay still has a job, especially after Thursday, moving into now Thursday football. The Jets, against a decimated Broncos team, they get uh, pretty much, well, I'd say, embarrassed. Sam Darnold played pretty good. He got kind of thrown around in that game, but uh, and he put on some highlight plays, especially that touchdown run. But their offense just looked a nap. They have no weapons. I don't know what the hell's going on. You can blame it on injuries, but everyone's dealing with injuries right now, so that's no excuse. Adam Gay still gets to live to fight another day, and he's getting Le'Veon Bell back, so we'll see how that situation in New York goes, but damn it, I thought he was going to be the first one to go. Uh, another highlights on the week, Ohio skill players came to play. The two non-quarterback leading scorers of this week in fantasy, Joe Mixon and Odell Beckham from Cincy and Cleveland. Both of them put on a show, Odell leading the Browns to a huge win over the Cowboys. And Joe Mixon uh, putting on a show with Joe Burrow, getting Joe Burrow his first win of the season. So Ohio skill players came to play. Good looking for you guys. I know Dan was happy to probably see Joe Mixon bust out of his slump. The same with Odell for Mike, who both these guys had been uh, underwhelming so far. But they have huge monster games, multiple touchdowns, 100-plus yards, both rushing and receiving for both these guys. And Odell had a sick reverse to end that game. Now on the downside, uh, again, staying in Cleveland, and this mainly affects poor Anthony, losing both of his starting running backs this week. Nick Chubb goes out with an MCL injury. They're looking at six-plus weeks, possibly of him being out. And then in the Chargers game against the Buccaneers, Austin Eckler, grade two hamstring, out four to six weeks. Luckily, nothing tore on uh, Eckler, so they're saying it's just going to be rehab and stuff. But poor Anthony goes from having a loaded backfield to uh, the last two weeks, all of his RBs getting hurt. Chris Carson, he uh, you know powered through and had a good game. But even so, his ankle isn't 100%. Now Chubb and Eckler are on the sideline. Huge losses for not only those teams, but for Anthony's fantasy team. Super brutal. Uh, bad news this week for Anthony on the injury front. Now we jump all the way to Sunday Night Football, where I got to lose my mind down in San Diego watching the 49ers choke to the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Mullins. For all the Jimmy Garoppolo haters, you guys can now see that our team is so much better with Jimmy Garoppolo. Nick Mullins is not the answer. That pick six he threw, I don't know what the hell he was looking at. Um, we almost came back and won that game, and we were decimated. The Eagles had the better quarterback. Carson Wentz finally played pretty good, even though he didn't have anyone to throw to. But the big highlight of that game, my boy, George Kittle, back from injury, put on a show. 15 catches, 180 yards, and a touchdown, and uh, just lit up the scoreboard. I know Alex was sitting next to me during that whole game going crazy. Uh, he's the man. So, you know, if you want to trade him, Alex, I'll trade you for him. But uh, I would not recommend trading him because he is a beast. Moving to Monday Night Football, the two things that I noticed in those games, the Patriots really missed Cam Newton. They suck without uh, him. Stidham and Hoyer were trashed. Their defense played pretty decent against Patrick Mahomes. I think they held him to like six points for the first half, but uh, it didn't matter because they had no offense without Cam, no threat of anything. And uh, hopefully he's able to get back from COVID real quick because that offense really, really needs him. They looked anemic. 
and you're not going to win much less against the Chiefs, but against other teams if you don't have him back there. So Cam Newton got to get back. I know Cameron's been saying that all weekend. And the big Monday Night Football thing, baby Kittle, Robert Tanyan dominates Monday Night Football as the Packers stay undefeated. Mike with the waiver wire gem there adding Tanyan, who is now tight end one on the season after that three touchdown performance. I call him baby Kittle because he actually, if you go on uh, Kittle or Tanyan's IGs, they work out together during the offseason. They're buddies. And uh, George Kittle was tweeting about him all Monday Night Football and everything. But he he dominated. And that Packers offense, is, they're looking pretty good. I'm seeing remnants of last year's Kyle Shanahan offense with a lot of those tight end moves and everything. And uh, backside throws and a lot of stretch runs. Aaron Jones is just dominating. So, uh, again, last week I talked some shit on the Packers. But, man, they look pretty good on Monday Night Football. Again, the Falcons, though, they didn't have Julio Jones. And Calvin Ridley couldn't catch a cold. And uh, they're 0-4. Again, surprised Dan Quinn still has a job also. But uh, hats off to Robert Tanya in there. Those are some league news right there. Let's talk about more highlights and lowlights on the season. Start off with a low light. In terms of our fantasy season, Cameron can't catch a break, man. Cameron finally got Mike Evans back. He has a huge game, but again, Mike Thomas goes out. He loses now Cam Newton. The injuries continue to pile up for poor Cameron's team, and he sits 0-4, the only winless team so far in the season. Um, and it's not that he doesn't have talent on his team. It's that none of that talent week to week can get on the field together. So was hanging out with Cameron all this weekend. We were uh, in San Diego for Brandon's bachelor party, and uh, he loves his team. It's just that none of them can stay on the field. I don't even think he's gotten a full game out of Michael Thomas yet, his number one pick. So brutal start for Cameron. Hopefully he's able to turn this thing around. I know Cameron he will be able to. So stay, uh, stay strong, my friend. Another highlight for all of us, but a low light for these two individuals. There are no more unbeaten teams in our league. Shane and Andrew both take their first losses this week. So that is good news for the rest of us. Bad news for those two. Um, Shane was defeated by Brandon over the weekend. Uh, it was pretty sweet to watch as we were in our Airbnb and we got to see Brandon all excited as uh, Chargers almost got a win, but uh, at least his fantasy team played really well. And uh, Anthony with his, decimated team was able to still pull off the W against poor Andrew. So Andrew takes his first loss. Shane takes his first loss. Welcome to the loser circle, gentlemen. And uh, no more unbeatens, guys. It's a fair race. We're four weeks in, and there's only two games, I believe, separating between the best team and the worst team. So uh, everybody's still in this thing a month in. Hats off to Alex and Mike. Shout out to my two guys who take a lot of shit. Uh, in this league, both Alex and Mike this week were the two highest scoring teams in the league. They brought the firepower. They were ready to play. Both of them got W's. Alex has crawled out of an 0-2 hole and is now sitting 2-2 two and two with a really solid team. And Mike is 3-1 and one leading his division with Andrew's loss. Both these guys looking really good and both of them trying to prove something this year after the uh, down couple of years that they've had. So hats off to YouTube, gentlemen. And the fab news, the big fab news this week, uh, again, all those injuries focus predominantly on the Cleveland and Charger injuries at running back. Brandon decided to spend $48 fab dollars on Ernst Johnson, who came in 
uh, for Nick Chubb, and he had almost 90 yards, over 90 yards rushing in the uh, in like 13 carries. I was surprised to see. I thought they would turn Hunt more into a bell cow, but it looks like they're not going to have Hunt take the full bell cow load. They want to just keep him in his role. And so who knows, Darrance Johnson, potentially Hilliard, uh, could get a lot of carries in that Cleveland offense because they're running the ball a lot. And again, Hayden, on the other token, spends $41 on Justin Jackson. After the Eckler injury, Jackson got a lot of play and uh, looks like to be more like that receiving back to Joshua Kelly. And who knows, if Justin Jackson plays well, he could usurp a lot of those carries from Kelly. We shall see. Uh, he got a lot of uh, play in the passing game. And depending on game script for the Chargers, that could be a really good ad for Hayden. So hats off to you guys. I know a bunch of other moves that were made this week, but fab budgets are slowly dwindling. I know Shane finally spent his first fab budget. Tim Patrick was the third next highest one at $30 plus fab. Uh, people are starting to get below sub 100 in the fab department. So again, we're a month in. We still have 12 plus weeks of it to use. So Remember, make your moves strategically, know who you want to get, and pray to God your team stays healthy so you don't have to keep blowing that every week. But hats off to you guys that paid the big bucks this week. All right, let's transition into these awards that I wanted to give out this uh, this week. You know, in years past, I always like to do uh, these four-week milestones. I like to give out awards for a quarter of the season, half the season, three-fourths, and full season awards. We are officially a quarter of the season in with four weeks done, one month. So I'm going to give out some special awards. Let's start off first with the quarter of the season All-Pro Fantasy Team Awards. This is the best lineup that is uh, that you can construct the best players so far on this season, position by position. First team All-Pro Fantasy Team at quarterback is Russell Wilson for Marcus Escobar, Russ has 122.9 points so far on the season, just absolutely dominating, leading Marx's team to a 2-2 two two record and for the Seahawks being 4-0. So Russ has been cooking and balling. Our RBs, RB1, Alvin Kamara for Marcus at 97.7 points. And RB2, Aaron Jones for Mina at 86.9 points. Both these guys have just been absolute beasts. Kamara living up to the bill of being the number one overall pick and Aaron Jones picking up where he left last off, left off last year. Uh, it's kind of looking like a steal now that Mina, I believe got Aaron Jones with the last pick in the first round or the, on the swing in the second. So the fact that he fell that far, um, all of us are foolish that had a pick in the first that didn't take him because he is balling still. He has not taken a step back. Let's look at our wide receivers. Now three wide receivers on the first team. Calvin Ridley leading it at wide receiver one for myself at 59.5 points. That's even with a goose egg on Monday night where he got zero points, but the other three games, he has been an absolute beast. Wide receiver two, DK Metcalf for Alex with 56.3 points. Again, just getting those deep balls from Russ, and he has been an absolute TO level talent for the Seahawks this week. And wide receiver three, rounding out the starting lineup, Tyreek Hill for Gabe. Tyreek Hill with 56 points on this season. Just an, an absolute machine in that uh, Kansas City offense and uh, a deep threat crossing route. Just always 
a safety valve for Patrick Mahomes to find in the end zone to throw it up to. He's so damn fast. Um, our three wide receivers, hats off to everybody that got them. Again, Tyreek Hill was a first-round pick, but some value later in the draft. Ridley in the third round, DK, uh, Alice's keeper way later. So Ridley, Metcalf, Hill. Our tight end one on the all-pro fantasy team goes to, oh, my God, Mike Reza and Robert Tanyan, who he got off of waivers a week ago. Robert Tanyan has 47.3 fantasy points for tight end after his huge game on Monday Night Football where he exploded for three touchdowns. Put him in first place now. Guy off the waiver wire, crazy ad. Good find, Mike. Robert Tanyan of the backers on this list. Starting at flex is running back Dalvin Cook for Mike. Dalvin Cook has 86.4 points. Uh, he is the third highest RB on the season right now. And his uh, first round pick of Mike Reza is looking really, really good. That's three names, I believe, already for Mike. No, two. Two names for Mike on this list so far. But uh, Dalvin Cook has been a baller for the Vikings. Again, uh, probably the only one who has been balling out for the Vikings, but other still really good for Mike. Hats off. He's in our flex spot. Um, our defense is going to Mina, the Colts defense, who he got so late. The Colts defense have uh, given him 63 points on the season. Defense won. They have just been a monster. That addition of DeForest Buckner from the 49ers has made their D-line just dominant. And their secondary and linebacking core is really, really good. Oh, yeah, and they have the benefit of playing in a uh, semi-crappy division, so they're going to get a lot of really good matchups. So hats off to you, Mina, for uh, targeting them. They're the defense one. And lastly, our kicker, number one on this all-pro team, goes to Brandon with his waiver wire find of Randy Bullock of the Cincinnati Bengals. 51 points from Randy Bullock who Brandon added off the waiver wire, and uh, he has been a godsend, dominating, kicking lots of really good field goals, and uh, he's on the team rounding out this all-pro fantasy team. Recap, Russell Wilson, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, Robert Tanyan, Dalvin Cook at flex, Colts defense, and Randy Bullock. That is your quarter of the season all-pro fantasy team. Let's transition now to the next fantasy team, which is the all waiver wire fantasy team. I thought it'd be kind of cool to go through and find out who wasn't drafted, who we, some of us added off the waiver wire that have been absolute studs for us so far. So I'm going to give you those players and I'm going to give you where they ranked at their position, which is really cool. First off, starting at quarterback for the all waiver wire team, Ryan Fitzpatrick for Marcus Polaris off that Miami Dolphins team. Finding him, he's been sitting there for a while. But Fitzmagic does not want to give that job up to Tua yet. He has been balling. He's currently quarterback 11 on the season. So that's a QB1 in our league right now uh, that Mike or that Marcus was able to get off the waiver wire. So Fitzmagic, uh, let's see if he can continue it late into the season. He always does really good early, but man, he's been a, a baller to start this year. Moving to the running back position, uh, RB1 on the waiver wire team is James Robinson. By Alex, who has been a freaking gold mine of a stud, fine, uh, sitting already at RB6 on the season. Uh, that Fournette trade really opened up a lot of stuff for him, and hats off to Alex for finding him. He has been a monster. RB2, 
Rex Burkhead for Marcus Escobar, who has been RB21 on the season. So that's an RB2 in our league. Uh, he spent all those fab bucks on him. He had that huge game two weeks ago uh, and has been just a really solid add and uh, position filler for Escobar, who's been trying to fill uh, that running back slot with Le'Veon being injured. So Rex Burkett and James Robinson fill that running back slot on the waiver wire team. Let's go to wide receiver now. Our three wide receivers are Tim Patrick for Shane, Scotty Miller for Kyle, and Keelan Cole Sr. for Mina. Tim Patrick just added by Shane. He is wide receiver 29. That's a, that's a wide receiver two in our league. Uh, Scotty Miller, or sorry, Tim Patrick was wide receiver 27. Scotty Miller for Kyle being a key cog in, for Tom Brady. He sits at wide receiver uh, 29. And Keelan Cole for Mina, who is looking like one of Minshew's favorite targets, sits at wide receiver 31. Again, all three of these guys off the waiver wire, looking like wide receiver two, wide receiver threes for, for these teams that have been able to add them. And play them. Tim Patrick, especially now that Cortland Sutton and KJ Hamler are dealing with injuries, he's uh was a target monster on Thursday for Ripian. Let's move over to tight end. We already mentioned him. Robert Tanyan for Mike. He also leads the waiver wire team. Again, he was added off of waivers, tight end one. Jesus, can't believe he has been this good. But Aaron Rodgers is playing really good, getting him the ball, feeding his tight ends, especially with Devontae Adams out. They're doing a lot more targeting the tight end. So Robert Tanyan is our tight end one. Our flex goes to Marcus Escobar. Mike Davis is our flex, sitting currently at RB24, uh, getting a lot of big-time big plays. I think he's had 15 and 17 points in his two games. He's done filling in for Christian McCaffrey. Looks looking solid, and the Panthers, I think, have won back to back games with him. So it's kind of nerve wracking having Christian McCaffrey knowing how good Mike Davis is playing. Uh, Mike Davis is probably earning himself some regular playing time, or uh, I wonder if a team might reach out and try to trade for him once McCaffrey comes back because he is proving to be a pretty solid RB in this league. So he's our flex in the all waiver wire team. Our defense goes to John Peterson, who added the Packers defense. Packers defense has been the defense number 10, huge upgrade for him. Uh, after he had the Cowboys defense, he found the Packers defense. They've been pretty solid because Aaron's been getting them a bunch of wins and they're 4-0. And again, the kicker, who we mentioned in the first one, Randy Bullock to Brandon. He was added off the waiver wire. Solid, solid find for Brandon. Uh, that leads out our all-waiver wire team, guys. Let me run that back again. Ryan Fitzpatrick, James Robinson, Rex Burkhead. Tim Patrick, Scotty Miller, Keelan Cole Sr., Robert Tanyan, Mike Davis at Flex, Packers Defense, and Randy Bullock. All right, the last fantasy team I want to touch on, and that is going to be the all-letdown fantasy team. This is, and there's some stipulations to this, because there have been lots of different letdowns. But to qualify for this team, you have to have been drafted onto one of our teams. You must be rostered on one of our teams, and you have had to play at least one snap in all four games that have gone on so far. So that excludes people that have been injured. So I can't put like Le'Veon Bell on this list or Michael Thomas on this list, people that have been hurt and missed time because that's an injury. We're just talking about guys that have played all the games and they've just been a letdown so far based off of where they were drafted and how many points they're giving up. So this is the all letdown team. 
maybe they'll recover in this, uh, you know, the next half of the season. But so far through four games, these guys have not performed. All right, starting off at quarterback. Our quarterback for the all-letdown team goes to Daniel Jones of Kyle's roster. Daniel Jones was a popular breakout candidate this year, but through four weeks and uh, with Saquon's injury, he has been quarterback 30 so far. So he has been the third worst quarterback so far in fantasy. A real letdown so far for Kyle's team. Uh, had a lot of promise, and who knows, maybe he could break out in the second half, but so far, not. Let's move to running back now for the all letdown team. The two running backs, again, this was tricky because you could look at people that were injured, but we're not including injuries. These guys have had to play every game. And two guys that have played every snap, of, or not every snap, but have played every game at least and have been letdowns. RB1, Kenyon Drake of Kyle's team, who currently sits at RB33. And Mark Ingram for Cameron, who currently sits at RB35. The reason that they are included on this list is, again, Drake was a super popular breakout candidate. And, uh, you know, Kyle got him in the third round being a keeper, but most drafts he was taken in the first round by teams. Uh, and he has been semi of a letdown. Again, he hasn't broken over 100 yards. Neither has Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is uh, Cameron got him in, I believe, the fourth or fifth round. But uh, the the Ravens seem to have this huge three running back committee going on right now. So Ingram really hasn't been the back that he was last year. And Drake hasn't, hasn't lived up to his breakout potential. And uh, Arizona hasn't been running the ball very well. They've been relying on Kyler's arm. So these two guys have been underwhelming, both of them currently sitting as flex options, but where they were drafted, you consider them to maybe be RB ones or RB twos. So they've been a little bit of a letdown so far for these owners. Um, neither of them have broken 100 yards yet. So we'll see if they do that in the second half. But so far, these are two letdowns. At wide receiver, our wide receiver letdowns include A.J. Green for Marcus Flores, Brandon Cooks, who was drafted by Anthony but is currently rostered by John, and T.Y. Hilton for Brandon. These three potential, I mean, used to be, you look back a couple of years ago, were you know, wide receiver ones, the best players on their teams. And now they have just been real, real letdowns. AJ Green currently sits at wide receiver 89, can't catch a ball to save his life, it seems like. Brandon Cooks for John is wide receiver 84. Now we'll see what happens with the firing of Bill O'Brien, if they'll open it up and get him the ball some more. Uh, but he's just got to stay healthy. Same with A.J. Green. And T.Y. Hilton for Brandon, wide receiver 77. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was drafted to be his wide receiver one, and he has been a major, major letdown. These guys both currently sitting below wide receiver three territory. I think wide receiver four to wide receiver five when they were drafted to be, you know, wide receiver uh, ones and twos potentially on their teams. So, again, all let down so far. They could come back, but right now I know these managers are annoyed with the production they're getting out of these three receivers. Let's move to tight end. Tight end, Evan Ingram for Mark Escobar, currently sitting at tight end 29. So not even barely a tight end two. Uh, and he was drafted in the fifth or sixth round for Escobar. So again, we can blame a lot of this on Daniel Jones not playing well, but Evan Ingram it has been really, really bad so far. He's not getting the ball thrown to him. I almost included Rob Gronkowski. Oh, I can't speak. Rob Gronkowski at this spot, but 
Gronkowski was actually drafted in our league as a tight end too. So his production isn't as bad for Dan because Dan doesn't need to start him. He has Mark Ingram or Mark Andrews, sorry. Um, but Escobar uh, paid a hefty price to draft Evan Ingram as his tight end one. And Evan Ingram has not performed. So he is on our all letdown list. Moving to flex, this was kind of a tougher decision. This one's going to Mina. It was either going to be DeAndre Swift or Carrion Johnson. Both of them have underperformed, but I'm giving it to DeAndre Swift because DeAndre Swift was drafted, I believe, like two rounds or one round ahead of Carrion for Mina. And, um, and the trade for Adrian Peterson has really screwed DeAndre Swift's value. Adrian Peterson seems to be the lead back in that system, and Swift started the year off bad with a drop touchdown. And uh, just really hasn't gotten uh, gotten a lot of rushing yards. The, the most rushing yards in the game is like 20 yards. And uh, this was a top pick by the Lions out of Georgia. He was he was expected to be one of the best running backs out of the draft, and he hasn't shown it yet. So hopefully, Mina, eventually Detroit moves off Peterson, but the ageless wonder doesn't want to give up carries. So DeAndre Swift falls into our flex category. He currently sits at RB 37 on the season. Uh, moving into now our defense and kicker defense. This one goes to John, but currently rostered by Alex, the Cowboys defense. The Cowboys defense has been the worst defense in the NFL for fantasy. They are defense number 32 on the season so far. They currently have, I believe, negative eight fantasy points on the air. And John took them with his like 137th pick. So you were smart, at least, John, to move off of him. You got rid of him. You got the Packers D. But, man, have they been atrocious. And they currently sit on Alex's roster. Um, they do not look good. They're giving up, like, 40-plus points a game. So, ouch. Sorry, Cowboys fans. Our kicker, uh, moving to another franchise that has been, been beaten up this year. This is owned by Dan. It's currently a starting kicker. He might be looking to move off him. Dan Bailey of the Minnesota Vikings rough start so for the year so far again the vikings haven't been doing a lot of scoring so he's not being given a lot of opportunities he is currently sitting at kicker number 30 so there are better options than that out there dan maybe it's time to move off him that includes our all let down fantasy team again running it back daniel jones Kenyon drake mark ingram aj green brandon cooks ty hilton evan ingram deandre swift cowboys defense and special team and dan bailey at kicker Hope you guys enjoyed those. Those were some fun teams I put together yesterday. I was looking at and uh, trying to decide and give some awards and stuff, but I always like to give those quarter of the season awards. So hope you guys enjoyed those. Um, hopefully this next quarter, your guys will get on, uh, you know, that top list and stay away from that bottom list. But uh, we'll see as that goes. Um, let's move into our regular awards now, guys, and we'll wrap this up. But I want to give uh, some shout outs to our MVPs and our beast modes and everything like that. So starting off MVP of the award, that award goes to Dak Prescott owned by Anthony Martinez. Dak Prescott led the league this week with 37.28 points, 502 yards passing and four touchdowns. Insane game. Cowboys weren't able to win, but Jesus, Dak just to, continues to put up numbers. Um, Anthony, you're going to need Dak, though, to start winning some games if you want that MVP bet to come through because I don't think you're going to win MVP if you win seven games, even if you break every passing record. So you're going to need Dak to start winning some games, but huge game this week for Dak. Beast Mode Award goes to Mike Reza. 
Mike Reza led the league this week, scoring 138.14 points. Hats off to you, Mike. Dominating victory. And that victory put you in first place in the Studio Ghibli division. Uh, let's go right into Jeffrey Dahmer because Jeffrey Dahmer goes to Mike Reza also for his victory over Gabe. Poor Gabe. Gabe scored over 100, but still got eaten alive because Mike had the biggest point differential with 37.92 point differential between him and Gabe. Uh, it was just a tough week for you, Gabe. Mike's team just happened to go off. Never bad when you score over triple digits, but uh, just got the wrong matchup this week. So Beast Mode and Jeffrey Dahmer to Mike. The Thank You for Participating Award goes to Andrew Keough in his first loss of the season. Andrew was the lowest scoring team this week with only 67.2 points scored. Again, he had some major injuries this week, too. Sony Michelle was ruled out. And, uh, well, it's just nice to have you in the loser's column, Andrew, especially living with you. I don't have to see you with a pristine, perfect record. Now, welcome to the club. Thanks for participating. <laughs> Game of the week. Game of the week. Uh, I'm going to give this one to Brandon Morales versus Shane. Again, this was the bachelor party showdown at our Airbnb in San Diego. These two got to sit and watch football weekend next to each other, talk a bunch of shit. Brandon came out victorious, had a huge morning where he got up on a big lead, uh, and Brandon had over seven of seven of his 10 guys in double digit points, capping off a great weekend after going skydiving and, and doing everything that we did down there, uh, getting a W over Shane. I know that was sweet. And you're now two and two and uh, right back in your division race. And uh, what adds to this is Shane gets his first L. So just like I said to Andrew, congrats to joining the losers club, Shane. Welcome. Uh, game of the week to Brandon and Shane. The Rick Astley Never Gonna Give You Up Award. We're giving that award to Hayden Purdue this week. Hayden, who happened to play myself, Chris, ended up losing by 12 points. Um, and it was one decision that uh, cost it. Now, I know hindsight is 2020, Hayden, but we're gonna, you know, criticize your decision making because every other roster didn't have anything that could have decided it, but yours did. Um, Hayden decided to start Jeff Wilson Jr. in his flex for the 49ers. Jeff Wilson Jr. only got 1.9 points. Uh, they really ran Jarek McKinnon. They didn't really use him. And uh, Traquan Smith of the Saints was sitting on Hayden's bench with no Michael Thomas. Traquan Smith scores two touchdowns for the Saints um, and puts up 17 points on Hayden's bench. Had he put him in his flex, Hayden would have beat me by five points. Poor, poor Hayden, now on a two-game skid. So you are going to get the Rick Astley Award. Enjoy your two-game losing streak. Thank you for the W, and thank you for playing a 49er against me who did nothing. <laughs> Moving into – that wraps up our awards, guys. So hats off to everybody that won an award. And, uh, again, week four was fun. As you can tell, I have no voice, and I'm trying to do this podcast. Uh, let's move into the preview of week five, and we'll wrap this up. Preview week five. Uh, again, I put this. Week five, the field is wide open. Again, no more unbeaten teams. Um, everyone is separated between, like, one or two games. Uh, still a lot of football to go, so keep your heads in it. We've now moving to a different division matchup this week. Jurassic Park squares off against Studio Ghibli. And the Avatar division squares off against Pineapple Express. 
We also are now going to have bye weeks be a major factor every week going forward. I know we were kind of screwed last week with the Titans giving us a bye uh, and the Steelers, but now we start to get to the plan bye weeks. This week it's the Packers and the Lions, so everyone who has a Packer or a Lion, adjust your roster accordingly. Let's go into the matchup of the week. There's too many to pick. I literally went through the entire thing. I'm like, oh, my God, there's like four or five really, really good matchups. Uh, let's just run down them all. These are like my collective matchups of the week because this is a great week, and I don't want to give anyone uh, or leave anyone off. So myself, 3-1, and one, plays Mike Reza, who is also 3-1. and one. Both of us are division leaders. Both of us trying to go to 4-1. and one. That's a huge matchup. Shane, who is three and one, plays another division leader, Mina, who is three and one. So the, the four division leaders are squaring off this week. Huge matchups right there. Watch those ones. Some other above 500 teams are also squaring off. Uh, Andrew, who sits at three and one, squares off against Brandon. Brandon, who's on a two-game winning streak, has to play Andrew, who took his first loss. That's a one to watch. Another one to watch between 500 teams. Anthony, who sits at two and two, is playing Marcus Escobar. Both these guys, two and two, both of them dealing with some injuries. Um, Mark getting some guys back from injury. Anthony now having to deal with injuries. That's a fun one to watch. Another really one to watch. Two guys that started off the year so hot, Hayden and Gabe. Both these guys started two and oh, and both of them have since lost two in a row. So they are both sitting at two and two. One of these guys will end their losing streak. The other one will be on a three-game losing streak. So watch that one. Again, really good matchups this week. I'm super excited to watch. It's going to be awesome. Week five has a lot in store. One last little shout-out and uh, note I want to give everybody. Um, two Sundays from now, not this Sunday, week five, but week six, which is October 18th. Jurassic Park will be having their get-together at Marcus Polaris's house. Check the Facebook group. We're going to have a Jurassic-themed brunch. So you have some food and drinks, and we'll watch football and everything. It'll be a good time. It's at his house in Riverside. So check the Facebook page. You'll see where uh, the address is and everything. Um, and we'll look forward to seeing you all there. But without further ado, let's wrap this episode up. It's been another awesome episode, guys. Hopefully I was, you know... You guys could understand what I was saying. I'm kind of, you know, hoarse and uh, recovering from the weekend, but I wanted to get you guys your podcast. It was fun. I liked making all these awards, but have a great rest of your week, guys. Week five, let's see who's going to, you know, extend their division leads or make up some ground and everything. Uh, super excited, and uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday. Have a great rest of your week, guys. Peace out. <laughs>